Israel and Hamas appeared open to extending a ceasefire in Gaza that has halted their deadliest and most destructive war, but is set to expire after Monday. With a fourth exchange of terrorists held hostages for Palestinians imprisoned by Israel planned for later in the day. Israel has said it would extend the ceasefire by one day for every 10 additional hostages released. Hamas has also said it hopes to extend the four-day truce, which came into effect Friday after several weeks of indirect negotiations mediated by the United States, Qatar and Egypt. But Israel also says it remained committed to crushing Hamas's military capabilities and ending its 16-year rule over Gaza after its October 7th attack in southern Israel. That would likely mean expanding a ground offensive from devastated northern Gaza to the south, where hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have crammed into United Nations shelters and where dire conditions persist despite the increased delivery of aid under the truce. Winnipeg residents are waiting for more information as investigators work to piece together what led up to a downtown shooting on November 26 that killed three people and left two others in hospital with critical injuries. City Police Constable Jason McCollishan has said officers were called to a home shortly after 4 a.m. where they found five people wounded. Constable McCollishan said a man and woman were pronounced dead at the scene while three were taken to hospital. One man later died and a man and a woman were receiving medical care. Two ballistic missiles were fired from Yemen toward a U.S. naval destroyer, aiding an Israel-linked tanker that had been seized by attackers in the Gulf of Aden on November 26, according to the U.S. military. The U.S. Central Command stated on X that its destroyer, USS Mason, received a distress call from the tanker, identified as the Central Park, that they were under attack by an unknown entity. Upon arrival, the USS Mason and its allied ships demanded the release of the tanker. Five armed individuals attempted to flee but were pursued by the U.S. destroyer, resulting in their eventual surrender. President Biden delivered remarks from Nantucket on Friday after the first group of Israeli and Thai hostages were released by Hamas, calling it the beginning of a long journey of healing. So far, it's gone well. Earlier this morning, 13 Israeli hostages were released, including an elderly woman, a grandmother, and mothers with their young children, some under the age of six years old. Separately, several Thai nationals and Filipino nationals were also kidnapped by Hamas on the 7th. They were released as well. All of these hostages have been through a terrible ordeal, and this is the beginning of a long journey of healing for them. Military costs are forcing the Israeli government to turn to debt for financing, with the country raising over $5 billion from local bonds since the start of the conflict with Hamas. According to a Bloomberg report on Thursday, the conflict is costing the Israeli economy around $270 million every day. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. Well, Israel's economic woes continue to get worse and worse. Right now, they're hemorrhaging about $270 million a day in terms of lost revenue. There are industries like tourism that have completely flatlined, as well as other export industries. There's manufacturing problems, labor shortages, because people are having to re-enlist in order to serve in the IDF to fight this long war. And the longer it goes, the more the pain is going to increase for the government, for the state. And how are they financing this shortfall? Well, domestic bonds. And they're having to go to ask for the money at the domestic bond market. And this has been able to plug the gap somewhat, six to nine billion a month. But this is increasing the debt of the country. As a result, the debt is ballooning. And now they're going to the international money markets to raise money. So is this a sustainable war for Israel? It doesn't look like it. For TNT Radio, this this is Patrick Henningsen. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Good morning, five past six here at Liberty NZ with Grant Edwards, your host. The uh, extremes today, meth and 16.3, it's actually chilled off a little bit. Masterton's down to single digits, nine degrees in Masterton Castle Point, 57. The wind's picked up there, 57 kilometres per hour. 
Hokitika and it's starting to rain in Hokitika, 3.8 millimetres per hour of wind. So temperatures right across the country, Stewart Island 13, Invercargill 12, along with Dunedin and Queenstown, France Joseph 11, Westport 13, Timaru 9, Christchurch 12, Chatham Islands 11, Blenheim 14, and Nelson's on 13. Wellington has 14 degrees, Palmerston North, that's the coolest place at the moment, 8 degrees, Napier 12 degrees along with Taupo and Rotorua, New Plymouth on 16, Palmerston North 14, Gisborne has 13 degrees, Tauranga 15 degrees, Hamilton 13, Auckland on 16, Whangarei 13, uh, Kaitaia 10. And where I am here in the country, right outside my little studio, it is 7 degrees. So I'm the coldest in the country. So we'll put that in. So it's not Masterton. I'm colder than Masterton. As cold as a barmaid's kiss, as my friend used to say. Uh, my friend, who I haven't seen for ages and ages, I hope he's still alive. He probably would have been vaxxed, I would say. Mm, yeah, let's hope he's all right. Okay, for Northland, I do have a friend. Northland, uh, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty. Cloudy periods, isolated showers, turning to rain this evening. For Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, generally fine weather until a few spots of rain are going to be coming in the afternoon. Um, for Waikato and Wellington, you've got, uh, well, you're also including the central high country and Wairapa. Uh, cloud increasing, isolated showers, turning to rain for a time this morning and afternoon. For Marlborough and Nelson, rain at times. Buller, Westland and Fjordland, periods of rain, possibly heavy, easing to showers this morning and then clearing south of Hokitika. For Canterbury and Otago, partly cloudy with a few spots of early rain. Rain spreading north this afternoon and evening, possibly heavy and thundery as well. We haven't had the thunders for a while, haven't we? Thundering. Uh, only the motorbikes thundering past when you go into the street. Uh, go into the shopping, the old thunder. I love the sound of those. Don't you love the sound of the Harley Davidson? That would have to be one of the greatest sounds out there, really. Oh, and a, a good old V8, a 350 or something like that would be nice. Anyway... <laughs> Canterbury, Otago, partly cloudy, a few spots of rain, said all that, didn't we? But maybe some thunder, uh, easing to isolated showers later, but clearing about central and northern Otago. For Southland, periods of rain easing with a few, just a few showers in the afternoon. Chatham Islands, you've got cloudy periods and you've got evening showers. Looking ahead to Wednesday, uh, for the North Island, scattered rain spreading east and then easing to isolated showers in the west. For the South Island, tomorrow, rain uh, in the north, easing to showers just a few showers, isolated showers elsewhere, clearing later. Looking ahead to Thursday, for the North Island, mainly fine, with isolated showers in the east. For the South Island on Thursday, mainly fine, with isolated showers, becoming widespread in the east in the afternoon. And for Friday, just before the weekend, having a fry, fry up, have some fish and chips, or a barbecue. What about that? Fish and chips on Friday. I like fish and chips. Getting expensive though, isn't it? For the North Island on Friday, you've got... Um, is it Friday or is it um, Friday or is it Friday? You know, I think if you actually check the English pronunciation dictionary, something like Daniel Jones or something like that, I think we'd find that it's actually Friday. Friday, uh, sort of a neutral sound, not a not an e, but a Friday, uh, Friday. I say, I say, I say. Um, this is, I think it's fr- Friday. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Anyway, on Friday, <laughs> Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, mainly fine. I don't know why I got went into that. Uh, isolated showers in the east with um, and also in the south. For the South Island on Friday, you've got mainly fine. A few showers in the east and then it's going to be clearing. The long-range forecast for the Chatham Islands and the wonderful people out there, you are. Showers heavier for a time Wednesday morning and then northwesterly is turning to southwest. Showers becoming isolated for a time on Thursday with westerlies and then clearing on Friday as winds turn lighter uh, southwest. That's for you. There we are. Temperatures are going to be yo-yoing, apparently. They have been, actually. Haven't you found that? I'll be back in a minute right after. Just a minute. Actually, it is exactly one minute with Douglas Murray, and I'll be back. He he doesn't like the sound of the Allah uh, Akbar, is it? Allah Akbar. I don't even know how they say it. They do it every time they chop chop somebody. You know, they're running around killing people, yelling at Allah Akbar. I hate the sound as well, I've got to tell you. I hate it. Don't we? I don't hope they never allow the, them to broadcast through their speakers in this country. I hope it's not happening. If it's happening, let me know. Give me a call, 021-732-423. I really don't want to hear Allah Akbar shouted again on my streets. It's a war cry. The Hamas terrorists are shouting Allah Akbar all the way through, all the way through, as they are using a shovel to decapitate a young man. With every blow of the shovel, they shout Allahu Akbar when they go in to rape and um, murder all these young women in a room. 
They're shouting Allah the whole time and they find a young woman hiding under a table, pretending to be dead and they realize she's alive and they begin killing her. They're shouting Allah all the time and they're so elated. And they phone home. One disgusting young Hamas guy shouts, shouts from the phone of one of his victims, his father in Gaza saying, I have killed with my own hands 10 Jews. Your son has killed 10 Jews. And the mother is put on the phone and they're all shouting Allah Akbar and they're so proud of him. Mm. Douglas Murray there. Okay, so government urge, well, I better tell you where we are. We're over at stuff.co.nz. Government urge to protect Hauraki Golf on the brink of collapse. Oh, rubbish. The Hauraki Golf could become an underwater cemetery and this action is taken to improve environment protection in the area. This is stuff. What a propaganda. What a load of nonsense that is. Absolute rubbish. I don't, I don't know. Oh, gosh. People actually look at this. I suppose people, if they don't go near the water, they don't get out in the Hauraki Golf. Uh, they'd believe all this rubbish, all to do with uh, protecting, you know, it's basically just taking away your fun. You know, they're stopping you going to the barrier. You, you can't, they're going to stop you from going over there. You know, so you can't sail over there. And look, most of the, they used to blame the yachties for the poop. But, you know, in, in most of the cases, it was actually the regional council, uh, some of their pollution that actually shut down some um, fisheries, like um, they had the oysters, I think, wasn't it? Oysters or scallops or something up in the Bay of Islands there, up in Ope. Opur, I think it was, years ago, and it turned out that it was actually the council that were doing all the uh, blimmin' polluting. Luxon takes aim at public service. Ooh, the incoming Prime Minister is pledging to tackle the cost of living and trim 6.5% off the public service. Good. A police officer describes being thrown into a tree during a hit-and-run. There he is, a picture of him there sitting in hospital. Poor chap. Convinced he was going to die. Constable Zane Wink. Um... That's Wink. Um, he held his police partner's hand and asked him to tell his family he loved them. Oh, don't make me cry. I cry easily. My kids, <laughs> my kids, my kids tell me that. My daughter was Gabriella. She said, Papa, are you going to cry? <laughs> I'm, one, I'm a crier. I am. Uh, Timaru Brewery starts recycling wastewater into compost. Timaru's D- Dominion Brewery's draft brewery at Washdyke. <laughs> Washdyke. I asked a guy one time what his TV cost. He said about $450. I said, you forgot to look at the price tag. He said, what do you mean? I knew he was a TV watcher. I said, that television costs you, in my opinion, at least $12,000 a year. To watch it, not to own it. Owning it's cheap. Watching it is what's expensive. And I said, hey, $12,000 a year is too much to pay to watch TV. That's too much. Pay a little, but not $12,000. TNT Radio's Steve Hook. I want to talk about some reporting that's been going on, some very irresponsible knee-jerk reporting, I think, has been happening uh, concerning the quote-unquote rocket fired from Israel that hit a hospital. Uh, New York Times jumped on this. Washington Post jumped on this. Hell, the Wall Street Journal even jumped on this. And needless to say, so did CNN, MSNBC, and the rest. And they all just immediately accepted this is what happened uh, before any of the actual facts were known. You want to know how you can spot an anti-Semite? It's very, very easy, folks. And I'm not here to defend one side or the other. I'm just here to defend the truth. But it's pretty easy to spot an anti-Semite. Look for people that will accept without question any propaganda coming from Hamas or inside of Palestine. And those same people will doubt any and all news coming from Israel. That's a good sign. I ask you, does anyone with an ounce of common sense believe that Israel would intentionally target a hospital in Gaza when they're surrounded by people that want them all dead? If you answered yes to that question, I think Israel would do that, then that's a sign that you might be, if not anti-Semitic, certainly not very intelligent. Steve Hook on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. 
Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Yeah, we can do that. It's 16 minutes past six, and uh, sorry about that. I, I couldn't control myself there. Something about Washdyke <laughs> made me laugh. Anyway, the brewery uh, at Washdyke is now treating all its wastewater and turning it into compost. <laughs> uh, New Zealand flight becomes the most tracked in the world. Apparently, a Hercules flew from Auckland to Blenheim on its final ever flight in a 55-year career that took it around the globe. I wonder what that was all about. I suppose we have a quick look, do we? Have a quick look there. Oh, look at the lovely old aircraft there. They've got that tail on the back. They've got a little thing on the back there. That's the radar thing. You know, you might might think those are old, you know, but they've got modern technology. When I was working at the um, airport in Blenheim, the, um, the, the Air Force Base, had to get SIS clearance before I could go and work there, actually. Uh, that was, when was that? 1990, end of 95, I think it was, or beginning of 96. Uh, I worked at, I um, can't even remember the name of the base, actually. But I was there. It took a while. It took quite a few weeks to get clearance, and there was a team of us working there. Uh, and um, well, I can't tell you <laughs> what I was working on. I'd have to kill you. But uh, anyway, um, I talked to a few people there, and they said that even the Skyhawks, they were like F-16s at the time uh, inside. They were nothing like the old, the original Skyhawk. They were completely rebuilt. And the team of engineers, the aircraft engineers that they had at this particular base, and also at Ohakia, they were incredible, incredible human beings, very good, that they could just rebuild stuff, make it better. Gosh, they had some they had some really state-of-the-art. They had the largest electroplating bay in the southern hemisphere at this particular Air Force base, which name has just escaped, because this is what happens when you get old and doddry. But there I was, and uh, I remember watching some of these coming into land. Uh, this is the Hercules, and they are seriously, I'll just get rid of this banner, uh, they are seriously um, uh, high tech uh, now, but they did come out. I think they first first introduced in 1968, and so the Royal New Zealand Air Force, the RNZAF, uh, plane making its final flight after 55 years in service, became the most tracked aircraft in the world during the route on Flight Tracker site. Flight, uh, it's called uh, Flight Radar 24. I use that. I think it's fun. I set the planes come over here and I. Click it on and see who it is. Uh, Flight New Zealand 7004 took off from RNZAF's Auckland base in Whenuapai Whenuapai, (laughs) on Monday afternoon and flew over Hamilton, New Plymouth, Ohakia, Masterton and Wellington before landing at RNZAF base Woodburn. Uh, West of Blenheim, oh that was where I was, (laughs) I couldn't remember, I was in Blenheim, uh, where it will be retired. Commenting on social media posts, the Lockheed C-130H Hercules final flight, the RNZ said the plane, or the Royal New Zealand Air Force said the plane, or it, must, it can't be them, it must have been someone from them. I don't know why that was, but I can't tell you who they are, it's all secret squirrel stuff. The plane could not fly any further south for safety reasons. Oh, really? Uh, New Zealand NZ-7004 is uh, n- uh, nearly at the end of its service life, so we are using the very last couple of hours we have on the airframe as effectively as we can for the final transit, according to the Air Force. And um, They don't say who it was. Uh, so there, we aren't allowed to fly the aircraft for longer than its planned transit due to the restricted um to the strict airworthiness and safety rules that we have in place. Good on them. Good on them. I thought they were amazing. I thought the ground crew at um, Wood... Where was it? I was? <laughs> Woodbourne. Woodbourne. I didn't think it was Woodbourne. Mm. Well, I, was, I was west of Blenheim anyway. That's where I was. 
I thought it was a different name. You know, funny that. Anyway, yeah, SIS had to check me out. They said I was all right. <laughs> they must have done. They let me on the base. I wasn't an Islamic terrorist. So we've got to watch out for that, don't we? We don't need too many more coming in. But I suppose we'll have these so-called refugees. They're not really refugees. They're flippin' battle-aged. We'll, we'll end up getting a whole lot of young... They call them children. <laughs> Something they'll be 20-year-old you know, fighting-age Muslims you know, coming in from Gaza. We do not want them here. We do not want them here. You can't have them here. And the reason is they've been fully indoctrinated. Uh, they are taught to hate the Jews. If we want our Jewish community to be safe in this country, we've got to not allow any more Islamic terrorism, or, uh, not ter- Islamic uh, immigration coming into this country. Can't have it. And we certainly can't have them coming from, from Gaza. They hate the Jews. They're taught in the schools at Gala Elementary School. According to Noni Darwish, whose father was the head of the Fedayeen, he was actually shot and killed by the Israelis, and she was glad of it because she said he was a bad man. You know, killed many, many people responsible for many deaths. And um, she said, we are just indoctrinated to hate the Jews. It's just a religion of hatred towards Jews, Christians, and also you you atheists and homosexuals, you'll be next. Like I said the other week, there's not enough high buildings in Gaza, not now that the Israelis have been through. <laughs> there's not enough high buildings to throw all you homosexuals off. So don't go, all this, what is it, gays for Palestine and all this rubbish. You guys have got rocks in your head. You gays need to wake up, man. <laughs> They're not your friend. They're your enemy. We're your friend. Christians are your friends. We're very tolerant. The only thing we'll do is we'll snap your head off if you say something bad about our Bible or something. But we're not going to, you know, we'll bite, we'll bite you. We'll, we'll bite back. And so we should. The Bible says to shut the mouths of those people that say things like that. That, um, you know, cast doubt on the word of God. The word of God, thy word is truth, the Bible says. And people out there saying, oh, it's full of errors and contradictions. Baloney. Baloney. Apparent errors. God, I think God does that on purpose. Apparent errors and contradictions. Not in my King James, anyway. Uh, there are definitely some errors and uh, corruptions in the new Bibles, but most people that read the new versions, like NIV and Living Bible and all that rubbish, they don't really care about the Word of God. They think, oh, that's done away with now. Behold, out with the old, the letter of the law. And they have all these uh, demonic spirits speaking to them, I reckon. That's what I reckon they do. Oh, God told me <laughs> last night. I was really? Oh, he didn't tell me that. And... Um, so anyway, the Word of God, that's the only, the only thing you can trust. Sola Scriptura. Got to get back to that. Get back to studying that. David said, Thy word have I had hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Yes, that's what we, Jesus said. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And he's not talking about some idiot saying, God spoke to me and told me. And, you know, and then these same people come up and they're flipping pedophiles or something. Who was it now? The head of some Christian... Uh, political party, what was Cagle? He's in jail. Is he out now? Probably out now. That was years ago. Someone gave him a punch in the face just as he was going to the court. Good on them. <laughs> good on them. I, f- I tell you what, I had my full support. He needed a good punch in the face. I bet he got done over a bit when he was in the prison as well. But, you know, here's this guy, and I think it was his own daughter or somebody, or, you know, just awful, fiddling with kids these people but then the Roman Catholic Church oh my goodness I mean gosh if you're looking for victims there that's look no further they would be streets ahead of the Protestants streets ahead but, the, but then you actually find that it's the charismatics they closely follow they're snapping at the heels for pedophilia uh, snapping at the heels of the Roman Catholics that's the charismatics and why would that be well I'll tell you why the charismatic movement was started by the Roman Catholic Church you don't believe me? Well, it's true. It's true. Now, former presenter, he is selling his house to fund his legal case. I think he's an idiot taking on Radio New Zealand. He's taking on the taxpayer, really, isn't he? Television New Zealand, I should say. Now, we've got uh, North Island McDonald's, the Golden Arches. They go up in flames. Where was that? Um, uh, Wonga Paroa McDonald's became uh, McCrispy on su- Sunday night as the iconic Golden Arches went up in flames. Was that on purpose? No, around 11.30 on the Whangaparaa Road, just north of Auckland, the renowned emblem somehow caught fire. Must have shorted out. The flames devoured the iconic M, 
the, the grass underneath also caught fire. Fire and Emergency New Zealand said that they sent one fire engine to uh, to a garden and to what to to a garden and sign on fire. Ah, oh, okay. A McDonald's spoke, uh, spokesman said that they were investigating the cause of the sign catching a light. The electrician done something wrong, water got in or something, and uh, probably a big pool of water in the bottom there, and it came, came up, probably leaking, guarantee it, leaking, and then it goes up and hits the phase wire, <laughs> then catches a light. Or maybe not, who knows? Electrician wired it up wrong. Or it could be an Islamic terror attack. <laughs> could be. They'd probably put a charge in there, though, wouldn't they, if they were doing that? I don't know, what would you do? Put your evil cap on for a minute. Okay, uh, let's move across to... So we were, we're at Stuff there, looking at the um, uh, a bit of the fake stream. The most popular stories on Stuff, Christopher Luxon takes aim at public service, pledges to tackle costs of living, restore law and order. And how worried should we be about the pneumonia outbreak in China? Not worried at all, because the viruses don't exist. So when you've, when you've got our mindset, people like Dr... Um, uh, Samantha Bailey, go over to her, Dr. Sam, that's D-R, Sam Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, go there and read, she's got a whole huge, whole, a, a library of videos on on the fake viruses, uh, that there's no evidence actually that they even exist, it's just a circular reasoning, we're all just chasing the tail, and you know, I knew this because I asked my friend who's a doctor, I said, I said, how, I won't say his name, how did you, you know, like, what, what, how did you make up your mind about about the the day, you know COVID and all that, and, you know, and whether you were whether you were going to take the vaccine and whether you're going to push it on your customers, you know, your patients. Oh well, he said. So I thought he would have done some homework, but no, he didn't. He just followed someone else that he admired, some person who that he who he felt he respected, and he basically just did what he said, and that's what happens. That's what they do. They don't do any real homework themselves. The ones that do, the great doctors, they all got thrown out or had to leave or took early retirement. And those people make up New Zealand doctors speaking out with science. And speaking of New Zealand doctors speaking out with silence, uh, silence, uh, science, um, we've got them here. And they say, they these doctors, they've got everything to lose. They really did. They lost a lot. A lot of them aren't even working now in health. One lady doctor was a great doctor, been a doctor for over 20 years. She's now just at home, just being, just enjoying being a housewife, she said. Uh, nothing to gain they've got by speaking out except a clear conscience and a peaceful sleep. They do feel very good about making a stand for what's right. Uh, as unthinkable as it is, our country is fast turning into a place of tyranny. Let's hope with a new government. We've got some people there like Winston Peters, and and uh, although I don't trust any of them, <laughs> I don't think it's going. I don't think there'll be a really a real proper investigation where heads will roll. In other words, where people will be held accountable for what they did to us. Um, Anyway, that this is probably a bit outdated. Doctors are being suppressed, or um, you know, they're being rather suspended as well on invented charges. And citizens, and this is true. Alana, Dr. Alana Ratner, gosh, the, the trouble she's been having from the medical council. Um, citizens are being for, coerced into taking experimental medical treatments, dehumanised and separated from others from one another. New Zealand Doctors is working in unity with movements in New Zealand and across the world to build legal, educational, medical and community structures based on freedom, harmony, science, wisdom and excellence. Remaining silent is not an option for them. We are standing up for our rights, our patients, our colleagues and the public alike. That is New Zealand Doctors speaking out the science. I'll be back in a minute. Yes. Miss Reeves? Yes. There's a guy in a lab coat trying to give me a physical in my office. Is it Tuesday again already? Yeah, but... Look, do you want insurance or not? But I thought we got a new policy last week. That was last week. This is this week. I'm going to get a physical every week in my office? Look, we keep getting hit with huge rate increases. By changing insurance companies every week, I always get the lowball rate. Boss, could I talk to you about Administaff? I'd rather you just list it on your medical history. No, no, no. See, Administaff is a staff leasing company that handles its insurance through Aetna. So small to medium-sized companies that use Administaff don't have to hassle with insurance companies. Really? Yeah, and with Administaff, you'll avoid those big increases. All right, I'll give them a call. This will be your last physical. Yeah, but gosh, in my office? We had too many complaints when we used the cafeteria. Now, 
small businesses can have big company clout with Administaff. Call 358-8986. Administaff, we take care of your people so you can take care of your business. Okay, it's half past six here at Liberty NZ, and you're listening to Grant Edwards. Thanks for joining me. And uh, I'm just going to zip over here. We've got a new report that's just come out from some more fake stream, the News Hub this time, newshub.co.nz. And they, uh, let's hear what they say. Let's have a listen to this. Hope it's loud enough. It's never loud enough. They're hopeless. Flippin' hopeless. Wrong with you. A new government was sworn in today, but the old Winston Peters turned up, accusing the outgoing government of bribing the media, and he issued an indirect order to state broadcasters to stop using te reo Māori. The coalition government takes force from today and has promised to cut the use of Māori across the public service. But as political editor Jenna Lynch reveals, it was National and ACT that passed the 2016 law urging the public service to use te reo in the first place. New Zealand, welcome your new government. Belting out the anthem. And one by one, taking the oath of allegiance. I, Winston Raymond Peters, swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to His Majesty King Charles III, his heirs and successors, according to law, so help me God. Aotearoa's native tongue weaved throughout the ceremony. But with a new administration comes a change of direction and a backward step in terms of te reo Māori. Huh, te reo is fantastic. We want to encourage people to use more te reo. Not force it. So what we're saying very clearly uh, with respect to government departments is we want everybody to navigate their government. Despite both National and ACT voting for the 2016 Māori Language oh, Bill, weak, which stated the Māori language should be used in the promotion of government services, the Coalition is set to order all public service departments to change their names to English and communicate in English too. How quickly do you want the government departments to start using basically English only or English first? Um, we'll work that through. We've got our first cabinet meeting tomorrow. We've got a second cabinet meeting Just on Wednesday. Just say it, mate. Straight uh, away. Our focus for this week is actually to prepare Gosh, our 100-day plan weak of action. The incoming government, which campaigned on cutting government waste, has no idea of the cost. Uh, look, I don't have costings on that uh, right now, mm. um, but that's a, a government policy that will be worked through in the coming weeks, I suspect. It's also unclear how far the remit stretches. I'll continue to use Kyoto on a daily basis. Whether it's just, just agencies like Te Whatu Ora, Health New Zealand and the transport agency Waka Kotahi, or crown entities like our National Museum, Te Papa, for instance. Are you going to rename Te Papa? No, what we've said is, look, just uh, where there is uh, Māori-facing agencies, they should stay in, uh, in Te Reo. So you could change the name of Te Papa? We'll work that out in government as to what we're going to do. What's the difference between that and Whakakotahi? Tell me this, how many boats have you ever seen going down the road? Good on you, mate. How many boats have you ever seen going down the road anywhere in the world? <laughs> the See, sense of the he's occasion the leader, isn't he? lost on Winston Peters, Winston. who minutes after swearing to be a true and faithful Deputy Prime Minister, launched straight back to force. Turning our question about his Te Reo policy into a direction to the state-owned broadcasters TVNZ and RNZ. How quickly do you expect government departments and government agencies to, to act in well, we'll removing Te Reo Māori? Well, TVNZ and RNZ, which are taxed by our own, understand this new message. We'll see that whether these people, with the media and journalists, are they independent? Well, that's not fascinating. I've never seen the evidence of that the last three years. Outlandishly yeah, exactly. and incorrectly claiming the government had, quote, bribed the media through the Public Interest Journalism Fund. They you can't did. defend $55 million of bribery. Repeating for effect. No, 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 you cannot defend $55 million of bribery. Get it very clear. His new boss, completely unawares of his 2IC's antics, just stopped oh, to be part antics. of the occasion. Gender Every much. minister understands the responsibility Gender. that Gender. they have. The responsibility of running a country. Kia ora, Jenna. Well, the sworn in. What's the rest Kira. of the week's agenda like? So the Cabinet will get their first spin in the Cabinet chairs tomorrow, but that will be more of a photo opportunity along with signing off the rules of Cabinet. The first proper meeting won't happen until Wednesday, and then the House is not expected to sit until next week, so there's a bit more pomp and pageantry to get through before this lot can actually get down to business. But this is now the second major ceremonial moment of Christopher Luxon's Prime Ministership that the has disrespect. been overshadowed lot, by says. his first chosen Deputy Prime bitch. Minister. 
Minister Winston Peters' anti-media antics. Ministers in the past have faced weeks of pressure for any perception that they may be trying to exert influence over our state broadcasters. And right people so, that have been in the media, independence is I'm going to shut you off now, you little propagandist. People that I know that are, that are former news editors for top um, media organisations, they can't stand the little kids in the media now. They just can't stand it. And you know, it really goes back to where they're being taught too. You've actually got to go back to the to the seminaries, if you like. Go back to the schools that are teaching them this sort of rubbish. And you'll find that a lot of them are leftist. Um, I've noticed that, that most of the journalists coming out of journalism school, they're taught by leftists and they are leftists. And so that needs to change. And I think it is changing because I think people can't be bothered. The only time a lot of people that, that listen to me only listen to mainstream media is when I play it on something like this. But did you hear the disrespect in her voice? And I know I'm being a bit disrespectful to her. But uh, no, they are so pissed off, the, the media. And um, there needs to be some changes. They need to actually say, um, I think the, the thing that John Ansell and I were talking about the other day is it's not so much... Um, it was some of the, the way that the way that um, the new coalition has said that it it should say shall they shall uh, do this and shall do that not should these are the these are the weasel words that we are being uh, pushed out there and I think what will happen is if you don't if they don't watch out they'll just ride roughshod over us those words need to be um, harder and more legal need to be the um, you know mainstream media shall use English. And government departments shall be renamed back to English names, not Maori names. And if they're a Maori, um, you know, um, organisation, well, of course, you use that. I mean, but not not at the expense of ordinary New Zealanders. We can't have uh, just tiny minority riding roughshod over everybody else. And uh, so, hopefully, there'll be some common sense. But I sort of see a weak. I see. I see a bit of a weak leader. Actually, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. As far as uh, Luxon's concerned, he seems really weak. You know, he's trying to sort of please everybody. Whereas, uh, you know, and even Seymour's a bit down, a bit like that. You know, just trying to please everybody. And I, I, that just infuriates me. Some a man that's trying to please everybody instead of standing up for what's right. And uh, let's hope that Winston Peters has turned over a new leaf. Uh, don't hold your breath. But let's hope he has because he's actually bullshitted us for the last forty years. Hasn't he, really? It's all been about Winston. And um, as, um, who was it we had on yesterday? Um, Dennis Hall. I don't know. I, I probably don't agree with a lot of what Dennis said yesterday. But you know what? That's a good thing. We're allowed to have our opinions. And uh, we don't have to all agree with one another. And I don't want to run a radio program where everybody agrees with one another. I want us to have differences of opinion and uh, be able to thrash it out. I think that's good. But just got to know the rules of engagement. That's one of the most important things. But there, there's a story there that, um, I don't know, I just hope, I hope that um, they are very firm. And it, not to, not need, it doesn't need to be, it should not be shall do this or shall do that. Rather, not should but shall. So we've got to do away with these weasel words and have some really clear definitions that it shall happen. Waka Kotari shall be changed back to New Zealand Transport or whatever it is, an English name. A Kiwi woman now looking at more... Uh, oh, no, we won't go there. Uh, what have we got here? In the United States, a US man accused of shooting three Palestinian students. Terrible. I wonder if he was mind-controlled. Peter's uh, look at look at the headings. Peter's baseless accusation of media bribery is uh, unbecoming of a deputy. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. It was total media bribery. Everybody knows it, and the media are now in. Um, you know, they're trying to defend themselves. So you know, they're going to go out the door. Really, if I was, I tell you what, if I was the coalition, I wouldn't. I'd bar them all, and I'd have all new people, and I'd ha- I'd have the new the new media, uh, the ones that are going to report properly. That's what I'd do anyway. Now, on education, staffing is really challenging. Secondary school principal warns teacher shortage is going to worsen. And uh, looking at sport now, cricket, the Black Caps aim to begin the new world test. A new world test, <laughs> a new world order uh, championship bid in style against Bangladesh. And uh, what else have we got here on the main stories there? That We're looking at News Hub. We'll go across to some of their New Zealand stories. And we've got, uh, this is the Hui, uh, a Kiwi woman heading heads to Japan to find Papa. 
who went missing 40 years ago. Oh, that's very sad. Find her dad. Uh, three arrested. Pet dog returned to owner after vehicle hijacking. Uh, burglary in Auckland. That must have just happened. So when did that happen? Oh, no, that was a few hours ago, overnight. Let's have a look at that. An 18-year-old has been charged and another two teens referred to youth aid after a vehicle was allegedly hijacked in Bucklands Beach on Saturday. It's an old story. A series of incidents also led to a dog that had been allegedly removed from a property during the burglary being handed back to its owners. County's Manukau East Area Crime Prevention Manager, Inspector Rakana Cook, said several worrying incidents began at 25 minutes past 12pm when two people sitting in their car at Muravale Drive were approached by a man. It's understood the person has presented a weapon and forced both people out of the car before taking it and fleeing to an area towards McLean's Road. Uh, This male has also taken a number of personal items which were in the vehicle at the time. And I think that's around 5 o'clock the same car and two others was alleged to have been stolen of course it was stolen, uh, arrived at the petrol station in Papakuranga. Uh, Inspector Cook said the vehicles were already being monitored by police's Eagle helicopter because one had been reported doing burnouts on Papakuranga. They're nuts, aren't they? Anyway, so they've got them in custody. 18-year-olds due to appear in the Manukau District Court today. OK, good, lock them up. They won't catch and release, put a little bracelet on them, send them back out there to do more damage. If they'll do stuff like that, they'll do worse things, if you ask me. Cost of living, there's a big shift there. Expert believes the interest rates could drop soon when cuts uh, cuts could happen. That'll be good, wouldn't it? Business economy now. Uh, businesses that adopt AI will increase productivity. That's artificial intelligence. And they'll uh, increase productivity, profitability, potentially lowering prices in the long run. Rubbish. They'll, they'll, they won't be lowering prices. They'll be just making more profits. The key detail missing from national uh, NZ First, New Zealand First Agreement on wool. They're going to be into it now. They're going to, the media are going to be absolutely trying to tear Winston. Look, there's one, two, three, four stories all about Winston there. Uh, Police Minister uh, Mitchell, he plans gang crackdown to introduce patch bans. That's just rubbish, mate. You, oh, they need to get another guy that's a bit more, got a few more brains. That's nonsense because they're going to do laws like that will end up affecting every New Zealander. You know, they want to, they're going to, I think it was, he was coming out with stuff like they're going to stop the gang members from having facial tattoos. What about just the ordinary people that want to desecrate their face? That means they've got to be locked up as well. You mean, you haven't thought it through. And who cares what they've got on their face? Who cares if they're wearing a, a patch? That's not criminal. You know, wearing a patch, wearing a bit of clothing. What are you, the clothes police? That's just nuts. I want to know who the gang members are anyway. They, they, he was going to say you've got to put makeup on, women's makeup on foundation to cover up your gang patches before you go out in public. This guy's an idiot. Mitchell needs to resign. He's an absolute nutcase. Anyway, and then so more hit pieces here from uh, the um, News Hub. Uh, Peter's baseless accusation of media bribery. It's not baseless, not and not at all. Peter makes false claim. This is this false claim government bribe media. And all these stories. It's, it's not false. Uh, he's um, they're, they're in they are in damage control and they come out and say stuff like this don't they they're just so used to just telling lies and looking at just look you in the eye just write a story just write absolute rubbish anyway that's me getting a bit excited there calm down okay all right calm down Grant I'll be back in a minute and um, we'll go to another go go somewhere else I'm I'm, in, I'm disgusted I'm disgusted I am ask you Jordan what is it that you love about Michaela what would you say. She's pretty damn funny. She's tough, man. Don't mess with her. She'll bite you, and you'll remember it. She's a formidable person, like my wife, like my son. They're fun to be around. Don't mess with them. That's a pretty good combination. Michaela, what would you say about your dad? Why do you love your dad? He's incredibly compassionate and open. He cares deeply about everything that's going on in people's lives. You definitely have more compassion for the average person than I do, I, I kind of think. Come on there. You're a hard maybe, ass, maybe. Maybe try a little harder. <laughs> but that's not, that's not what you think. So I would say what I love about him is his openness, which has led our family, I mean, to where it is now, I think, is him saying yes to opportunity and being open and compassionate. 
Okay, now we're over at Reuters now. How about that? Reuters.co.in. No, yeah, Reuters.com. <laughs> We'll just look at the headlines because they want you to pay money otherwise. Ivory Coast tourists now on a shrinking strip of beach in southeast Ivory Coast. Hotel owner Habid Hassan Nassar uh, has to stack thousands of sandbags each week to protect his property from the rising sea. Uh, Global warming. Yeah, uh, rubbish, more rubbish. It's not caused by that. You get that seas go up and down. I, look, they had a. I saw a picture of. Um, I think it was 1640 or something like that. Had this rock or something. Or it was over in, in um, Portsmouth or somewhere. And it, there it was. And you saw the water lapping around. <laughs> it's still there. No global warming. No, no, nothing's disappearing into the sea. This is all. It's all nonsense, really. I don't know where they get these from. Something would have happened to cause that. And you know, it'll be some man-made thing usually. Uh, one of Russia's most lucrative oil trade routes since the imposition of Western sanctions over the Ukraine conflict faces a major challenge because of the drawbacks of payment and currency other than the dollar with no short-term solution. That's that currency slashes sour Russia's oil trade with Asia. Gosh, I didn't really understand that. A new crypto front emerges in Israel's militant financing fight. Oh, OK. Yeah, that, see, they're getting money from all over the place, aren't they? A new front has emerged as Israel's fight against the f- uh, f- uh, funding of Iran-backed militant groups. They're not militant, they're terrorist groups from Hamas to Hezbollah. A fast-growing crypto network called Tron that until recently attracted less scrutiny than Bitcoin. And in Shanghai, China's security regulator has approved three applications for the country's first publicly traded consumption-related R-I-E-T, other way around actually, R-E-I-T, or, uh, although market participants say persistent concerns about the property sector will weigh on appetite for new products. More on China, cash uh, con- conditions in China's money market uh, shows signs of tightness on Monday as market participants grew cautious about eighth, uh, about month-end demand and recent liquidity squeeze remain fresh in memory. And in Singapore, sterling, the sterling, the British pound, it rose to an over two-month high against the weakening dollar on Monday, though some risk aversion capped losses on the greenback as traders eyed fresh economic cues in the week ahead to determine the future path of policy rates. Tech entrepreneur Elon Musk landed in Tel Aviv on Monday. An aviation tracker said, <laughs> um, we had that on TNT anyway, and there'll probably be more on that at 7 o'clock, uh, according to an aviation tracker. Uh, beginning a visit during which Israeli leaders plan to bring his attention to the plight of hostages held in war-torn Gaza and discuss rising anti-Semitism online. He's really getting a lot of um, press, isn't he? A lot of favour. Um, yeah, I suppose he is pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. 24 people have died by lightning strikes and about 23 people have been left injured in rain-related incidents in the western Indian state of Gujarat over the past two days, government officials said, with rain continuing on Monday morning. More on Asia. This report from Reuters Sydney. Asian shares slipped on Monday ahead of potential Uh, potentially market-moving inflation data from the United States and Europe later in the week and a meeting uh, of oil producers that could stop or extend the recent slide in prices. Zelensky praises Ukrainians for battles with Russia and the wealthier. You've lost 550,000 Ukrainian soldiers in this whole war. How long has it been going on for now? 20 months? Been going on for ages. You've slaughtered your own people, young and old. Even old people now you're recruiting. So many people are leaving, you know, there's many running away, running, run, trying to get away from it because they know they're just, you know, they last about a few minutes on the battlefield. They don't last long. Oh, a little rabbit, but he's too small. Just saw a little rabbit run past, but he's a bit small. We're not going to shoot him. Waste of time. Wait for, oh, well, you just go, go back to mum and dad and make sure you eat lots of good greens and then we'll fatten you up and I'll have you in a couple of months when you're a bit bigger. Uh, anyway, President Volodymyr Zelensky on Sunday thanked Ukrainians' military for fighting Russia, Russian attacks and its rescue services for tackling the consequences of extreme winter weather 
that he said had deprived about 400 settlements in 10 regions of power. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He's a druggie. I'll tell you, I've got something on him. For those of you that um, haven't been to this channel before, I'll just see if I can find... uh, Yeah, I do. I have... Where are we? Um, It's um, Agent... Agent Zelensky, Scott Ritter. He is a druggie. Have a listen to this. This is Scott Ritter. Who cares about the truth when everyone is watching the tragic comedy starring Zelensky? The first thing his PR team did after February 24, 2022 was a new image, the military style, as if the president had just returned from the front lines. The unshaven look, the sunken face due to sleepless nights of hard work. However, narcologists would argue all the signs of cocaine abuse are evident. Constant nose sniffing and inappropriate reaction. Speech is solely from the prompter, but British specialists took precautions They even created a hologram of the Ukrainian president. All of these technological possibilities can change public life. This addiction can be explained. It is quite common in the acting industry from which Zelensky comes from. Unfortunately for the country, the Ukrainian president not only didn't quit, but apparently let himself go. It all began with weed. Medical marijuana, in my opinion, is normal. It is sold in small quantities, droplets. In 2020, Zelensky proposed legalizing cannabis in the country. At that time, his suggestion didn't go any further. However, everything changed when the war began. It's no secret that Ukrainian soldiers get stoned before going into battle. And weed is the least harmful substance they consume on the front lines. Though they have someone to look up to in that regard. This is very pleasing to American and British intelligence agencies. It would be a sin not to take advantage of a drug-addicted president for their own purposes. He is completely manageable. I suppose that Western handlers supply him with the purest drugs. It brings to mind the opium wars when England, in order to advance its interests, addicted almost the entire Chinese elite to drugs. I cannot speak for all of Zelensky's inner circle, but he himself alone was enough to accomplish what would never work with a sober person. Incredible, isn't it, eh? Uh, now let's have a look, listen to Colonel Douglas McGregor. Uh, I haven't played him for a little while. This is a report that's just come out in the last few hours. Uh, he says that Ukraine is collapsing. Uh, this has had an almost 400,000 views, so we'll have a listen to this. It goes for a, lo- a long time, so I'm just going to play a little bit of it. But normally I find the first you know, couple of minutes you get a lot of good information from uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Here he is now. Douglas McGregor with me to talk about the chaos going on in Europe with oh, Putin and Ukraine. Uh, are we going to be drug into a Middle East conflict? Colonel McGregor, thank you so much for coming on today. Sure, thanks. So uh, I've, I've been reading that Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine is accusing Putin and Russia of being behind the Hamas attacks on Israel and that there needs to be an international investigation. Is this his way of continuing to demonize Putin or is he trying to pull Ukraine back into the media or do you think there's any truth to his accusations? No, I don't see any truth in it. And I think he's trying desperately to do whatever he can to drag us back into the war because he knows that he's effectively on the road to being abandoned. He knows the money is going to stop. The arms have already stopped. The ammunition isn't coming. Uh, He's at the end of his rope. So I think he's probably ready to do or say anything that uh, promises to help him in any way. Yeah, okay. So uh, by by following your work and and, uh, your contacts, we've, we've learned the truth that millions, tens of millions of Ukrainians have fled Ukraine. They have no plan of returning to the country. 500,000 plus Ukrainian soldiers have been killed or injured. Yet the war continues with Zelensky remaining confident that he can win. It is, again, is this Zelensky employing his acting skills or does he actually believe he can beat Russia and Vladimir Putin? No, I I think he's uh, more sober-minded than that. He's at the end, and he's going to say whatever he can to prop himself up to the bitter end. <clears throat> Who knows <clears throat> what sort of fate awaits him 
<clears throat> I think there's a darn, darn good chance that uh, he may not survive in office. He uh, He's uh, offended, aggravated, angered millions of Ukrainians. He's led them down the path to total disaster. <clears throat> that usually ends badly for the leader. And then, of course, he's probably got a number of uh, escape routes planned to various places where his bank accounts and homes are located. But, you know, look, this war is over. You know, if you wanted any evidence for that, all you had to do was essentially look at the budget fight over the money. Suddenly now everyone who was uh, pushing war with Russia in Ukraine is now pushing war with the world inside uh, Gaza for Israel. Uh, so we, we've just essentially taken the same chorus, moved it to a different theater. They're singing the same kinds of tunes, <clears throat> hoping for a better outcome. I don't think the outcome is going to be good in either case, but, you know, that's another matter. <clears throat> Do you think, uh, or, or what would you guess, NATO leaders are telling Zelensky behind the scenes? Do you think that they're saying, hey, listen, we've we've supported you. We've given you more than enough. It didn't work out, and it's now time to get to the peace talk tables? Or do you think that they are still quietly behind the scenes pumping him up with confidence that he can win this thing? I think he's probably being told privately that uh, it's over and that uh, he should probably step down graciously, which I don't think he can do, as I mentioned earlier, in favor of someone else stepping forward that the West can present as a credible representative of the you know remaining Ukrainian state, whatever that is, to sit down and negotiate some sort of end to the conflict with the Russians. I think any thoughts of uh, turning Ukraine into into the contemporary equivalent of Napoleon's Spanish ulcer for Russia are, are over. I don't think anybody thinks that that's possible. I also don't see much evidence that anybody in Europe wants that to happen. So, you know, we're, we'll just have to watch. Now, I do see evidence that you still have some fighting. The Ukrainians are sort of clinging with their fingernails to the edge of the cliff. And the Russians are now pressing ahead. Anybody who thinks that the Russians are sitting still is wrong. This Avdivka fight, which is sort of Bakhmut on steroids, I think is about over. <clears throat> After that, I'm not sure there's much left. Whatever Ukrainians are there that, that still constitute the army will want to retire to the Dnieper River and cross it and get out of the way. The question is entirely up to the Russians. What do they want to do? What are they going to demand? Are they going to offer any terms at all? To whom will they speak? They're certainly not going to pay any attention to anything we say. We've yet to tell the truth to them about anything. So the question is, who can step forward? I, I don't have that answer. I think they've got to wait, frankly, until there's some turnover in European governments and they have new leadership before they can expect anything from them. So, you know, the, the tragedy is not yet completely over, but for all intents and purposes, this is, a, this is the end. In other words, <clears throat> this is similar to the situation that existed after we crossed the Rhine and the Soviets reached the outskirts of Berlin. Okay, wow. Uh, <laughs> Zelensky has also said that Putin is taking every opportunity to undermine Ukrainian uh, democracy and elections, but it, isn't it Zelensky that's not allowing elections in order to keep himself in power? Well, what do you want? I mean, the man's already said that there will be no elections in Ukraine for the foreseeable future. He's effectively banned uh, the Orthodox Christian Church uh, from operating in Ukraine. I mean, if just go down the Bill of Rights. Uh, who has any rights left? I'm not sure there are many rights that cannot be uh, discarded with impunity by him. He has still has a substantial uh, SBU or Ukrainian secret police behind him, which looks more and more like the NKVD under Stalin, <clears throat> rounding up people, forcing them into uh, uniform or disappearing them, if you will. I, I wonder what's going to happen to this uh, Gonzaga Lira. Uh, who is sitting in a Ukrainian jail because he was honest and told the truth about events on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, apparently, he he's 
he's simply being left to rot in prison. Uh, the State Department doesn't seem to be interested in the man, even though he's an American citizen. It's a very tragic situation. But, you know, that's a that's a good uh, warning for everybody, including people like me, what you can expect from this administration if you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, probably because uh, Gonzalo Lira was not beating the drum that Washington, D.C. wanted. Uh, and so they're like, we're, we're, we're not going to back a journalist who isn't uh, putting out the, the narrative that we demand as if he was Twitter or Facebook or Google or something like that. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you think that, uh, you know, in the last couple of days, uh, there's been multiple drone attacks on the capital of Ukraine? Do you think that uh, Putin and the Russian Federation Army, ha have they been attacking the capital this whole time and it's just now coming into the news? Or is this something new as they try to get people to the, the peace talk tables? What, what do you think is going on there? Well, they've launched attacks at targets that they could identify as uh, having some military value or political military value. Uh, it's been episodic, but I think they're very definitely ratcheting up the pressure because the, the Ukrainian forces are now actually defecting in large numbers. We've always had numbers of Ukrainian commanders that surrendered smaller units because they couldn't evacuate their wounded. They didn't want the wounded to die, and they knew that the Russians would provide them with better care. I mean, one of the problems inside the Ukrainian military from day one has been a very inadequate structure for medical treatment and evacuation. So that <clears throat> that much is uh, is is persistent. I, I think they're ratcheting up the pressure because they're going to close in on Kiev.